learning English is something you can do out of, mm-hmm. uh, outside of an MBA program. You know, I would always recommend Stanford because Stanford. that's the best one. Yeah, 300,000 students from China currently uh, attending American universities. In California, you know, a lot of them, they specialize essentially in startups because Silicon Valley yeah. is right there. The class sizes in those universities aren't really growing. Most uh, students are still not writing interesting essays. Hi, my name is Greg Mastrider, and this is my video podcast on trends of development of human society, rationality, transhumanism, and other interesting things. Today, here with me is Vitaly Borishan, co-founder of Solomon Admissions Consulting. He helps uh, people enter top uh, U.S. universities, the Ivy League, and other prestigious universities. Hi, Vitaly. Hi, and uh, thanks for having me. Uh, definitely happy to talk about a bit more about uh, about applying and getting accepted to top universities in the U.S. Um, so yeah, definitely happy to hear any questions you may have. I I sure do have lots of questions. I never thought about uh, this industry as a huge one, but uh, when I researched for the podcast, I found out that it's it's a really big business, and you and your company is number one. So you must know a lot about it. But let's start with. Uh, uh, the obvious question. I know that you used to be a lawyer at some prestigious international law firms, something like uh, Suits, TV series, stuff like that. Uh, similarly to myself, I have a similar biography. What made you change your career path so much that you decided to do this this business? Right, uh, yeah, I was a corporate attorney for quite a few years uh, working for top international uh, law firms ba- uh, that are originally from the U.S. Um, uh, I-, I can tell you this, I- I've wanted to uh, enter the education field for a while. I was personally uh, helping uh, quite a bit of, quite a number of students uh, over the years in terms of applying to top universities. And um, uh, basically, at-, at some point, I decided that I was going to to uh, start doing this on a, on a full-time basis. Um, and the reason for that was that I saw that there was a growing need for that. Um, uh, I could tell you, yeah, this, this industry really did not exist uh, 20, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, uh, basically over the last 10, 15 years, acceptance rates at top universities in the US really dropped uh, and dropped by, by a huge number. Um, so, for instance, if you're talking about, let's say, Stanford University, okay. um, in 2005, their acceptance rate was about 13%. So, still quite low, but, um, but you know, I, I think still quite a few people were getting accepted. It's now about 4%. Uh, Is this because many more people apply? Uh, a lot more people are applying. It's a lot easier to apply. Obviously, the population in the U.S. is growing, and also yeah. there's uh, a growing number of students from uh, from abroad, especially from China and India, that are applying as well. And so it's just become um, a lot a lot tougher to get in. And um, another reason for that is the class sizes in those universities aren't really growing because they're competing. These universities are competing with each other to um, to be ranked number one or number yeah. five or whatever it is. And in order for that to happen, they need to have low acceptance rates. They need to look exclusive, basically. Uh, and that's why uh, it's, it, you know, it, it's, it's become such an industry, uh, the College of Mission Consulting. And, um, and again, when I, I, I guess, dwelled into it a bit more, I, I decided that I was going uh, to move over and do it uh, full time. 
what's the main trick of getting into such universities? What is the most difficult thing that you prepare people for? So there's not really one trick. Um, I could say the most important thing is not to wait till the last minute. Um, the, the thing is, is that a lot of these universities are looking for uh, students who can really commit themselves to, uh, for instance, one field, uh, one educational field um, from even ninth grade. Um, you know, having high test scores, having high grades, that's the bare minimum uh, of what you need to get into those top, top universities. Um, everyone has high grades. Uh, you know, if you look at, again, that same Stanford University, they reject something like 60% of people with perfect uh, SAT scores mm -hmm. um, and perfect uh, GPAs. Um, it, 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 that's the bare minimum. But what they're really looking for is for you to start from ninth grade and start doing a lot of activities outside the classroom. Um, we call them extracurricular activities. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and try to really do as much as possible, as, of course, over the summer uh, as well, but even, even during the academic year after school. Um, like and, volunteering? It's much more than that. Uh, volunteering certainly is a big part of it, but but uh, these days they're looking for you to do even research. Um, you'd probably ask, how, how can a high school student do yeah. research? Research. It's actually quite possible, uh, definitely in the U.S. at least, uh, to work with a professor. It's kind of like an intern with a college professor, and you work with them and you um, and you help them out as much as you can. Um, something like that is phenomenal. Uh, it shows that you basically can work on the level of a college student. Um, and it, you know, and there's many, many other things like that. They're, again, what they're looking for is they're looking for top students who have um, who have unique uh, backgrounds that they can they can bring to the school. Okay, so something that makes you stand out. Correct. Yeah, and w what we do, of course, um, is we try to guide students in that direction, um, we, uh, so that they can actually uh, do things that that will make them stand out. Uh, and what if a, a student comes to you uh, not uh, long before the admission process starts and he or she uh, does not have an opportunity to enlist as an assistant to a professor? Sure. So, uh, so again, so our whole team, uh, uh, it's important to understand, by the way, is our, our people that work on admission committees mm -hmm. at top universities. So at places like um, Columbia or Stanford, um, they certainly know what you need to do, what you essentially need to say uh, in order to look the best that you can, right? They, they know what are cliche uh, essays uh, they, uh, or, or essay topics. Uh, they'll be able to tell you, uh, even in your background, and they'll analyze all of that background uh, to basically uh, guide you as to what you should be talking about. Um, so yeah, even if we can't change your background, we can certainly find the most interesting parts of that background and, talk, and, and make you talk about that. Uh, and you may not, as a student, certainly as a you know as a seventeen-year-old, you have, you probably have no idea what in the world admission committees are looking for. Sure. Um, but of course, our our former admission uh, committee members, they certainly do. Can you give some examples what they are looking for? Uh, well, again, it, it, with each person is different. Um, certainly, I could tell you certain mistakes to avoid. Uh, one one mistake that people make is they'll, for instance, um, they'll do they'll do like the. It's, it's called a, uh, a resume and essay form, uh, which is, it's a whole essay where they basically just talk about all the things they've ever done. Uh, it's essentially just a restating of their resume. Now, that's something certainly never to do. Um, there's also the classic um, 
uh, athlete's essay, which is uh, which is that great story about that one shot that somehow changed your life and and made you understand everything in the world. Those are those are cliche topics that should be avoided at all cost. Um, what should you should you talk about? Best to talk about um, maybe an anecdote uh, from from some activity that you were doing that actually had some big impact on you. Uh, that that's a, something that certainly people want to hear. And in general, people uh, on those admission committees they want to be entertained by the essay. Um, so. The, the, in that, the U.S. Uh, admissions process is very different than for, for some other countries. Um, uh, the, all of those committees, they'll have about 15 minutes to look at your uh, to look at your file. So, you know, if it's just a really boring, uninteresting essay, it, it's going to hurt you. So you have to be master of storytelling. Absolutely, absolutely. So I mean, though, and and and, and trust me, if if you want to read some amazing essays. Um, uh, there's a book. I think it's the. I think it's called Harvard's uh, 50 Best Admission Essays, and it's just it's about the most essentially irrelevant things, but they're written brilliantly in a very interesting way, and they say something about the student, and uh, and that's gotten people into play, a place like Harvard. We'll link. Uh, we'll give a link to this book in the description of the video for those who want to read it. So what else? Uh, uh, essays. Uh, being uh, an exceptional person. What else is required? Yeah. So I think you want to show uh, intellectual vitality. So uh, you definitely want to show that you're very interested in the field that you're uh, that you want to pursue, and. Um, in that, uh, it, it's also very important to guide the student uh, to understand that. Because again, w one other major misconception is that students think that they uh, should do you know, 10 different things and 10 different activities. Um, that is not gonna help you. You should be more focused. Absolutely, yeah. They're looking really, what they're looking for, they're looking for specialists in a certain field and then, and then they'll judge whether or not uh, you fit within that field. And of course, um, you know, again, if you're interested, let's say in, um, uh, whatever it may be, let's say business, uh, you want to be doing activities from that and you want to compare yourself to other students that are also applying and talking about that. Um, that's what they're looking for in that. And, and one major thing that we do is we call it strategic positioning. So we help you figure out um, essentially what field to go into, what field to talk about, um, wh where your strengths lie so that you can actually be able to get in so that you don't look like a kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, can you please describe how students from uh, China, for example, or India that you are working with, how they differ from uh, U.S. clients of yours? Sure. Uh, so uh, with uh, China, for instance, there's about, I think, 300,000 students from China currently uh, attending American universities. I mean, it's a huge number. Um, from India, it's also a very large number, but I think it's uh, more like around 100,000. Um, U.S. Uh, admission committees definitely understand that, uh, uh, definitely in terms of extracurricular activities, it's much more difficult for these students to, to do them because that is just not as common. Um, for instance, some of our students in the U.S. will start uh, nonprofit organizations uh, to, to help in various fields. You know, very that's something very difficult to do in China or uh, or in India. Um, so they're going to be admission committees are certainly going to be much more forgiving of that. 
uh, of that of that thing. Uh, but in general, um, I think the biggest the biggest uh, difference certainly is in that though is in explaining to students that um, f from from other countries is that you actually have to do a bunch of things. It's not just grades. And um, if you think you're you know you're a perfect student, uh, there's a million of you. <laughs> there's really a million of you. And 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 that's that's sort of the biggest struggle, if you will, is making it very clear. Um, especially to the parents, because of course the parents never, you know, went to these American universities. So how would they know what to do? Um, explain to them that uh, the, even even simple things like that. Um, you know, you don't. You know, all of our help is is remote. Uh, you, you know, you don't need somebody sitting over the student. This is not like a tutor. Uh -huh. uh, you know, a, like a math tutor. You know, th this can be done remotely. Um, basically, explaining a lot of things like that. Um, you know. And the U.S. people are simply much more knowledgeable about this already, and so they're they're they're, they're sort of okay with it. But uh, with other countries, is different. Uh, what if there are two students uh, of um, similar backgrounds with similar grades, uh, both exceptional, and one is from the U.S. Uh, and the other is from, uh, let's say, China? Who has more chance? Well, I think that's difficult to say. Uh, in general, there's certainly more. Uh, space for American students at American universities. Um, international students are competing against themselves. American students are competing against American students. Um, again, that that would be that would be difficult to say. Depends on the university. Uh, depends If we on take the top things. the top ones like Stanford, right, right, I, Harvard. I, you know, it's going to depend on what exactly those students have done. Um, I think it would, it would be a difficult decision. So. Is there some like uh, affirmative action towards uh, uh, foreign students or nothing uh, like no, that? There no, there isn't. No. Okay. Uh, what would you recommend uh, foreign students who are quite exceptional, maybe match your uh, criteria that you described, but uh, who know nothing about the American uh, application process and uh, admission process? I would recommend just first start reading about it, finding out more. Uh, certainly, uh, they would as the one of some of the first things they need to do is they, they start uh, they need to you know take the TOEFL or the IELTS, which are the mm -hmm. language tests, to 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 show your uh, proficiency in English. Um, it's also obviously getting great grades, and and as I said before, to start preparing for this very early. Ninth grade is really should really be the when when stu when students start preparing for it um, they can certainly you know look at college admission consulting companies they can guide them as to what other activities to do um, I, I mean I can tell you with us quite a few students come to us even earlier in the ninth grade uh, if you could be mm. seventh or eighth grade um, so it, it, it it's 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 really kind of an arms race uh, students are trying to be better earlier So that they can they show parents mostly. I think <laughs> that, I'm sure that that's a big part of it as well. Yeah. Uh -huh. So um, okay, and uh, if we speak about uh, some, let's speak about some recent scandal that I heard about. Uh, I think some uh, high-ranked officials bribed uh, the uh, for their kids their way into top universities. Have you heard about? This huge media. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, it was a big scandal. scandal. Um, the uh, what happened was that there were some famous 
people, some some famous Hollywood celebrities. Yeah. Uh, there was also a, a famous uh, uh, attorney who was a partner at a, at a large law firm. There, 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 there were some other people, and they um, got into this big scandal of, of supposedly giving money to to different coaches at um, at different universities so that their their kids get in. Um, that's that's the scandal. Yeah, it was certainly a, a very big deal in the U.S. Uh, a lot of people talked about it because it was actually uh, what, what was alleged is that it was actually direct bribes, which is highly uncommon in the U.S. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they were able to get away with it for so long, I think, was also uh, very surprising to people and that it was such famous people. But yeah, typically it is highly unusual and I could tell you that uh, we, we don't we don't see these things uh, every day. Maybe we just don't know about it. It's it's actually a lot more uh, complicated. That's is why they went through a coach supposedly is because uh, these decisions are made by admission committees. So you kind of have to uh, you know bribe quite a few people, and 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 not all these people are you know tend to be very very ethical and tend to care about these things and they have very good jobs you know they were not going to uh, sacrifice uh, you know their career uh, f for 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 bribes but some of them did turns out yeah yeah so i think i think those are definitely in the minority mm -hmm. so you think that mostly the system is uh, just Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 again, with most uh, in most cases, I mean, you can see the students that get in, and you can see all their grades, you can see everything. Um, the the way it works in the U.S. is that you know a lot of this information, uh, you know, would would come out, and as it did in this case, you know, there, there's just a lot more transparency in a, at American universities. Uh Please tell me how uh, the process of preparation for uh, writing essays, uh, speaking to admission committees, uh, how, how it works uh, in uh, admission consulting firms such as yours. So, well, the first thing uh, typically everyone does is we'll collect. Uh, so we have this. Uh, it's, it's called a first run questionnaire. So it's a it's a very long questionnaire of about forty questions or, or something like that. Um, And, and it asks about every aspect of a student's life, their views on, on various different things. Uh, we basically try to get as much out of the student as possible. Uh, answers to these questions tend to be 10 to 15 pages long. Uh, and students provide as a, a, all of these answers and then, then our, our consultants will, will go through this and mine for stuff that, that will be actually very, very interesting to talk about in the essays and, and that, that will help them understand uh, into which field um, the student would have an advantage in, in going. So uh, that would be the first step after that. They, they would start talking to the consultant. The consultant uh, would share with them various strategies uh, that, that he would recommend or, or she would recommend. Uh, they would start going over essay topics. Uh, they would start going over. This is, of course, if a student is already applying right now. If a student is uh, uh, much younger, then they would go over strategies, not of, uh, you know, essays or essay topics, but but really what activities to engage in, really write out a whole plan for the next few years. Mm -hmm. uh, and just, uh, and, and then, you know, get the student onto this plan to start applying uh, themselves to, to these various activities. And then sort of go from there. Of course, those students, when they'll get to um, application time, they'll get into the essays, they'll get into writing them, we'll get into helping them uh, write them. We'll also have a whole team of editors who will help them in terms of 
improving the style um, of the of the essay as much as possible. Um, but again, but the uh, but the most important thing, honestly, is the content and and it's knowing what to talk about and and, and that's what these uh, consultants would do is help them with that. For example, uh, having a beautiful moving story in your essay, something like the book that you mentioned. Right, right, absolutely. Uh, th that would be that would be great. Uh, and and again, we we'll try to guide the students in in in, in those uh, in those things. Uh, don't uh, experts that read those essays react negatively to such uh, storytelling, which may already seem cliche for them it's still not cliche, um, not cliche. no they, they still want to hear the interesting story um, and that's what's interesting because I think most most uh, students are still not writing interesting essays they're, they're approaching the essay from a point of view of high school right in in high school in the US uh, students write you know very very dry essays it's sort of regurgitating what the teacher told you. Mm -hmm. uh, th there's not a lot of originality. Uh, there's not a lot of sort of interesting uh, intros or anything like that. Um, the essay has to be more like if you've, you know, if you look at any New York Times article, for instance, um, or Washington Post, you know, th they'll start, every article will start this way. They, they will start with a with sort of a personal anecdote about a certain individual yeah. uh, to make it more personal, more interesting, and then they'll go into the actual uh, topic content of w w why this issue is relevant. Th that's how an essay is supposed to be written. And and yet that's not how people write essays in high school. Um, and so no, that they're still looking for that. Um, and again, I would still say, um, I think according to a poll, I think it was about 25% of students applying use a college admission consultant. Um, you know, it's still not a majority. It's still, it's still, it's a large minority, but it's still not a majority. So the majority of essays are, are, are not great. Okay. What about uh, secondary higher education for, for example, foreign students who already have a bachelor's or a master's degree and want to enroll in an American university? Is there any, are there any specifics, specific recommendations for them? Sure. So we actually have a, um, we have also one of the best uh, practices in terms of uh, medical school, admission consulting, and then also helping students get into MBA programs. Mm -hmm. Those tend to be the most uh, popular. Um, again, the suggestions are actually quite similar. So uh, again, it's getting the best numbers that you can and then trying to do as many activities as possible that American universities will find interesting and unique. Um, and that that's definitely the most important thing and and of course you would have to know what would they find unique uh, certainly not easy programs like that you just pay money and then you get into that program that that's not going to help anyone um you know that basically just talk that's basically more of a something that talks to your to, to how much you can pay uh, that's not what they're looking for they're looking for uh rigorous programs for instance that you Uh, that you've been able to do over summers or anything like that, where it was difficult to get in, um, that could really show your uh, excellence. Um, so definitely, uh, definitely, I, I would recommend also starting early, um, starting in college. Uh, so, you know, even in college, you're supposed to be already doing things, uh, those same extracurricular activities that will help you then 
uh, when you apply to a master's program or, or a graduate degree program later on? Uh, let's take my case. I'm thinking about uh, uh, enrolling in an MBA. Uh, at least I'm playing around with this idea for now. I have uh, um, education at some uh, top universities uh, in Russia, but it's, uh, it's not business education. I'm an international lawyer by my education, similarly to yourself. Uh, and I have quite uh, a unique experience in that I have, uh, I, I am the most popular blogger in Russia on topics such as rationality, transhumanism, etc., etc. And now uh, I am starting my English uh, media business, English blogs and podcasts and stuff. I think that this may be interesting background for American universities. What else would I highlight in my application for an American MBA program? Yeah, I think, uh, listen, I think that's a that's something great that you would emphasize and that you would want to talk about how how you want to continue doing that. And, and, and the most important question they're going to they're going to ask is, why do you need the MBA if you're already doing it? And you need a you need a good answer to that question, um, because and, and plus you're going to an MBA in the US, let's say. Uh, right. I mean, are, are you trying to move to the US? Right. These are all questions that are going to come up that you will need to answer. Um, because because ultimately, um, you know, these universities don't want to just sort of rubber stamp diplomas. They want to know that you're getting these degrees uh, for for something that's going to help you. That's actually going to help mm -hmm. you. Well, I can answer honestly. For me, it's the chance to network in the U.S. to grow my blogs there, to get more connections with people with whom I might uh, produce some content, for example, um, and to, to improve my American English, stuff like that. Does all this sound uh, okay, sufficient, or? Uh, Not as I, much. I think you'd need more, more, more content there. <laughs> Such uh, as because again, uh, networking is is you know again is something you can do outside of an MBA program. Um, learning English is something you can do out mm -hmm. of, uh, outside of an MBA program. So so it needs well, to be business skills, of course. Uh, aside, right. aside from that, and, and I that's, didn't that's, mention that's it. the question. I think mm -hmm. right it's, uh, it's 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 figuring out what exactly in terms of business skills that you need and that this school will be able to give you. Um, and again, I can't answer that for you because I don't know, you mm -hmm. know, your skills and I don't know mm -hmm. what uh, what exactly you're looking for. And that would also depend on uh, the exact uh, MBA school. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, again, uh, each school has its own specialties. So obviously, uh, you know, if you're talking about schools that are in California, you know, a lot of them, they specialize essentially in startups because Silicon Valley yeah. is right there. While the ones, uh, you know, in New York, for instance, they tend to specialize in finance because of course the, that's Wall Street. So California is something that interests me more. Right. So then, yeah, you would have to talk more about that and how that, that would be useful. Mm -hmm. I, I am a founder of a couple of startups. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's applicable to me. Absolutely. All right, uh, yeah. And which, which MBA would you recommend in California? Your your personal uh, <laughs> personal one? No, I'll you know I would always recommend Stanford, Stanford because that's the best one. Yeah, but uh, but you know Stanford is tends to be the the top school for uh, for almost everything these days. It's the mm -hmm. top school, uh, even though it's not a member of the Ivy League. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know uh, it has like I was talking about before the lowest acceptance rate of all the, essentially of all the schools. 
Uh, it's like uh, how four many percent? percent? Four? Four, four percent, yeah, I think 4.2. Um, and, um, and, and, and for MBA, it's the toughest. Uh, it, it, it is essentially now the best universities in the, in the US. Um, but yeah, but again, and obviously, you know, try to optimize all your application as much as possible. I mean, I can tell you that our students that get in to Stanford and schools like that, uh, by the way, the acceptance rate for our students that apply to Stanford for undergraduate uh, is about 33%. Mm, impressive. So it's, so it's quite a bit quite yeah. a bit higher. And of course, you know, they're good students, of course, but all students that apply to Stanford are good students. Uh, we just try to optimize their application as much as possible. Now, um, I, I, again, in terms of looking at who, who gets into those programs now, uh, it's people who can show a lot of experience, a lot of very relevant experience, um, and that, again, that, that stand out. Mm -hmm. Another question that uh, is, I think, important for many foreign students uh, who want to enroll in the U.S. universities. Um, what about scholarships? Is there an uh, opportunity to receive a significant uh, financial aid for a foreign student who wants to enroll in a in an MBA program or in a postgraduate program something like that right right so certain schools are uh, they're called need blind so what that means is they uh, sort of they, they don't care if you need money uh, right um, so those schools definitely exist it, you know it basically if, if you're gonna apply it's important to look up which schools are, are such, if they fall within that category. But uh, yeah, that, that help is available, uh, no question about it. It's just, it tends to be for only the very, very top schools. And so it's already difficult to get it to them to, to begin with. Uh, so uh, did I understand correctly, help is available only for the top universities? Or uh, top? Uh, the, uh, help is available, I would say, for top universities where they're, they're, they're gonna not care if you're asking for help. Mm -hmm. Some other universities may also offer help, but uh, that would affect your acceptance chances. And uh, which ones are the blind uh, there's ones? A, there's a whole list I, I mm -hmm. can, again, provide it to you. We'll give a link yep. in yep. the description. Yep. So some, some some of the top universities, for example, don't care, others care right, exactly. about it. Right, right. And uh, what's the success rate of such applications for financial aid? in foreign students well again if they get into that universities mm -hmm. uh into that universities that 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 is need blind um then the universities will uh give them aid so 100 percent if you if they if already you get in already yeah again in. if they're need blind mm -hmm. right exactly mm -hmm. i see uh tell me some interesting anecdote from your work you must have uh, lots of them so many so many right um yeah i, I guess i would say this is that I think the biggest uh, surprise to me, and you know, I went to pretty good universities. You know, I went to University of California, Berkeley, uh, which is in California. Then I went to Georgetown Law, yeah. which is in Washington D.C. And um, you know, I, I knew quite a few people, but I was uh, I was honestly surprised at how much more competitive students are these days than they were when I was applying. Um, and you know, we've seen all types of students, you know, uh, that are that are coming to us that, uh, for instance, uh, there was a student who wrote uh, a textbook on cybersecurity while in high school. This textbook is now used in a few different colleges to teach <laughs> cybersecurity. Wow. That's a high school student, right? That, that's that's who students are competing with. I mean, that, the you know, the, essentially the geniuses of, uh, of, of this generation. Um, 
that that was honestly the biggest surprise. But yeah, we've seen all types of students, you know, that are uh, already in high school that are performing in Carnegie Hall um, that have patents. Uh, I mean, you name it. Uh, honestly, that that's been the biggest surprise for me. What do you think about the future of higher education? Um, many successful people now claim that it's not as necessary as it used to be. What's your point? Uh, well, I, I would say this. I think if you're if you're talking about certain majors, and this is my personal opinion, mm -hmm. and, and I and I and I simply look at the economy. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at certain majors, I think there's nothing uh, more important than having the right education. Um, if you're talking about anything in STEM, right? Science, math, yeah. you need an education. There's there's no way around that. But there um, are examples of uh, like uh, Eliezer Yudkovsky, one of the major experts in the world on AI has no uh, right. education. I, I think there are gonna be exceptions to every rule, every rule. Yeah. But but I think for 99% of the people, you're gonna, you're gonna want, uh, you're gonna want a really good education for STEM. Now for certain other majors, maybe not so much. I mean, certain many things I think in the humanities, um, you know, first of all, a lot of people don't even really work later on in that in the field that they're studying. Yeah, and but, student debt, huge exactly. problem. Of course, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think certainly people have to be aware that, you know, if you're going to major in a major that isn't in demand in the economy, uh, that, you know, that you're going to be left without a debt, a lot of debt. But in general, what are, what are I, I think, what's going to happen in the industry and, and in the education industry in general. Well, I could tell you universities are going to keep getting more expensive. That's for sure. They're going to be more in demand every year. Uh, the reason for that is um, there's only a set number of them. And they're, you know, again, the world population is only growing. The number of people that, that can go to a university just keeps growing. Um, getting a diploma, again, from a top American university, even if you don't live in the U.S., is still going to help you in whatever other Certainly. country you live. So that's not going to change, I, I think, in the near future. Uh, certainly not in the next, I don't know, 50 years. Um, and so uh, it, it would only make sense that it's going to become tougher and tougher to get in. So last question. If you could give one advice to aspiring students who want to go enter U.S. top universities, what would this advice be? Start early. Yeah, again, I, I can't emphasize that enough. Start preparing early. Stop finding out. Start finding out what you need to do in order uh, to get in um, now. Do not wait until tomorrow. It it's gonna it's gonna only hurt your chances if you if you wait till the last minute. So definitely start early. <laughs> This has been Greg Mastrider and Vitali Borshan. Thank you for watching, hit the subscribe button and see you next week.